Hello and welcome back to Politics as Usual. I'm your host, Max Scheinblum, and today I'll be joined by former New Hampshire governor and current U.S. Senator Maggie Hassan, who's running against Republican Don Bullduck as she seeks a second term in Washington. Uh, we discussed some of the pressing issues on your guys' minds for this upcoming midterm election, so sit back, relax, and enjoy a great pod. Senator Hassan? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you, Max? Yeah, I'm doing very well, and we appreciate you making time out of what I'm sure is a busy schedule. Um, so, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to start off talking about that busy schedule. How's the campaign trail been? Oh, um, first of all, thanks for uh, doing this interview. I really appreciate it. And, look, the campaign trail is great. Uh, it's always really excellent to be just talking with Granite Staters, uh, something I'm able to do uh, throughout uh, the year, and I just love uh, hearing from people about what matters to them and then working to address the things they talk to me about. And so right now, uh, people are uh, very willing to engage and talk to me about everything from um, inflation to their concerns about a national abortion ban to climate change uh, to... um, energy bills, all of those things, and um, it's really, really important uh, as I talk with them that I'm able to tell them uh, the kind of things I have been working on, the things I've delivered on uh, in a bipartisan way often, which is really important to Granite Staters, uh, the progress that we've made, the work we still need to do, and then obviously contrast that with my opponent. Yeah, and you mentioned a few key ones there, but for younger people, what have you noticed and what do you think are some of those bigger issues on their minds for this midterm election? Well, as both governor of New Hampshire and now as senator, I've worked to deliver on the most urgent priorities that New Hampshire students face um, and that young people uh, talk to me about, uh, including making college more affordable, Mm -hmm. uh, standing up for a woman's fundamental freedom, building a clean energy future, uh, that's really in contrast with my opponent, whose name is Don Bolduc, and he's running on a really extreme agenda that is deeply out of state with our, out of step uh, with our state and with New Hampshire students. Uh, Just to give you a couple of examples here, he opposes efforts to lower energy costs and build a clean energy future, Um, just continues to repeat the talking points of big oil. He's also told New Hampshire women to this is his. These are his words. Get over the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, and his me- record makes clear that he would support banning abortion nationwide. Um, so it is really important that students get out to vote um, in November. Uh, students helped me win my last race by 1,017 votes, um, and their support is going to be crucial in this election too. And on that topic of clean energy and climate change, you helped pass the Inflation Reduction Act this summer, which is the biggest investment in climate action to date. Um, it's, it's estimated to reduce carbon emissions by 40% from 2005 levels by 2030. But at the same time, a lot of experts are saying that this doesn't go far enough in warding off some of those more extreme um, effects of the climate crisis. So in your mind, what should the Senate do 
and more realistically, what can the Senate do to help mitigate some of those extreme effects? Well, I, I appreciate the question very much because all around New Hampshire, all around our country uh, and the globe, uh, we see the impact of climate change on our economy and our way of life. Uh, businesses on the seacoast have been impacted by rising sea levels, for instance. Droughts uh, have impacted travel, tourism, and farming. Severe weather events cause power outages and flooding. So we know that we need to continue the work to address climate change. Now, as you pointed out, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, measures that we passed uh, at the end of the summer make a huge step forward in addressing climate change and building this clean energy future and breaking our dependence from big oil and foreign oil and um, getting at that necessary reduction of carbon emissions uh, as quickly as we can. But there will be more work to do. Uh, the thing we have to do is one, um, measure the impact of the law that we have passed and see how these investments in clean energy, including, by the way, uh, tax breaks that homeowners can get if they invest in clean energy and energy efficiency in their homes. Uh, we have to see those impacts. Uh, we also have to continue to work in Congress uh, to tackle the next stage of this. And of course, that's why votes matter so much in November, because if we can keep uh, majorities in the Senate and majority in the House uh, that believes that we need to continue to address the climate crisis, uh, we should be able to continue to make progress here. But if we elect people like my opponent, who says he wouldn't have voted for uh, these energy efficiency uh, measures and the measure to pivot to a clean energy economy in the Inflation Reduction Act, um, and instead he keeps defending big oil and supports big tax giveaways to big oil, if he gets elected, we are not going to be in a position to make the kind of progress we need to make. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, of course, there's going to be more to do, uh, but we have to keep a coalition in power that is interested uh, in really addressing this critical existential threat. And another issue on students' minds is that of student loans, student debt, cost of tuition. At UNH specifically, I know that we have one of the highest, if not the highest, rates of in-state tuition of any public university, not just in New Hampshire, but across the country. Um, I talked to Chris Pappas last week and asked him a little bit about his reaction to President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan announced over the summer that he initially came out against. Um, and he supported his position by saying that it didn't go through the policy process like it should and that it didn't really address the roots of those higher costs of tuition, uh, that it was kind of a band-aid, kind of a one-time fix. Um, so yeah, I'd love to get your reaction to President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. And I'm, I'm also wondering, what are your plans for helping students bear some of those costs and in some cases lowering a lot of those high tuition costs? Right, and this is a major concern for uh, young people in New Hampshire, their families, um, all of us. And it's something that I have worked on uh, both as governor and in the Senate. So as governor, I worked to freeze in-state tuition for state universities and actually lower tuition at the community college system. Um, and I oversaw the creation of a dual admission program to make college more affordable for Granite Staters. Uh, in the Senate, I've helped secure the largest Pell Grant increase in a decade to make higher education more affordable. Now, I actually think we should double the Pell Grant 
but we made a good step forward in increasing it significantly. Um, I've also worked to reduce the burden of student debt, including pushing for laws that would allow students to more easily refinance their loans and that would cap loan payments at 10% of a person's income. Uh, I also know that making childcare and housing more affordable is really important so that students can afford to work and live in New Hampshire after they graduate. Um, I will say that so I have focused on lowering the overall cost of education. Another thing I've worked on is creating pathways that would allow students to pursue their degrees while they're working um, in a much more flexible and streamlined way than traditional college has often provided. Um, having said all of that, I don't support canceling all student debt. I do think that what the president did uh, is a balanced compromise and it is targeted in its results in that 90% or so of the relief in his plan would go to people earning $75,000 or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you also mentioned this earlier that bipartisanship is a key part um, of your campaign and your career as a politician. Um, so I'd love to know why that is. And also, if you think that that maybe in these contentious times could turn off some younger Democratic voters who would see you, I guess, selling out for the lack of a better praise to get a certain policy passed or get a certain initiative done? Well, you know, delivering results is really important that make a difference in people's lives. And Granite Staters put aside their differences all the time and solve problems. And so it is important to follow that example. It's also important to know when uh, you have to move forward uh, to make sure that critical priorities are addressed uh, even when you can't get people to work with you. But just to give you a, a couple of examples here, mm -hmm. um, we passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. I was a lead negotiator on that. Uh, of the many things that that bill provides, in addition to expanding high-speed internet everywhere in New Hampshire, um, it provided, it funds a resilient clean energy grid nationally. Now think about that, that's critically important to climate change. We got that done in a bipartisan bill. We also took on PFAS contamination of groundwater, another critical environmental issue. Um, the Chips and Science Act will bring critical support to research universities like UNH that can partner with our entrepreneurs and innovators and make sure that we are doing research and development here in New Hampshire and producing the next generation uh, of a vibrant economy and tackle things like climate change uh, within the economy. Those are bipartisan accomplishments that I think are really important to young people. Now, there are also things like the right to vote that are so, so critical, where um, I stood up and uh, said that um, even though I believe that we could reform the filibuster and continue to have uh, some incentives in the Senate for bipartisanship, when it comes to the right to vote, I would make an exception to the filibuster because that's a fundamental right. Um, similarly, uh, when it comes to a woman's fundamental freedom to control her own uh, reproductive health and future, um, I would make an exception for that. And I am willing to do that uh, with a majority vote and not a bipartisan vote if that is necessary mm -hmm. uh, because this is such a fundamental right. So this is about um, standing up for one's principles, but also finding a way to build common ground. Uh, because the other thing about bipartisanship is when you do include everybody's 
voices and every stakeholder knows that they've been heard and that they've had input, um, you tend to get sustainable solutions that last over time. And that's critically important on things like climate change. Well, Senator, we really appreciate you making the time for us and thank you so much. Well, Max, I really appreciate it. If I can add like two things here. Oh yeah, for sure. One is, um, as, as I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners may know or readers of your article may know, uh, there has been ongoing efforts in New Hampshire by the Republican Party to discourage students from voting. Uh, so if any student has a question about voting, there's a voter protection line, 603-466-8683. And you can get information about your eligibility to vote. Uh, people who live in New Hampshire generally, and are 18 or older, generally are eligible to vote here. Um, and last thing I would also just say is we didn't talk about threats to democracy, uh, but I will always stand strong not only for the right to vote, but for the right to make sure that our election results are counted and honored. Uh, and that is a major point of distinction between me and my opponent too. So I hope everybody gets out to vote, uh, encourages your friends to get a plan to vote. You can register on the same day. Uh, this is a critical election. Yes, Senator, thank you so much. Thank you, take care. You too, bye. Bye. This podcast was produced with the help of Alex Rapp, and the music is courtesy of Poddington Bear. Thanks for listening, and catch you next time.